Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball. First down to the 50. Outside the numbers. 40 to the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Cannon. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 241. Never a doubt, huh? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel up north to play the New York Jets. And they do win 28-24. to But I got to tell you, man, this was probably one of the most chaotic 60 minutes of football I have seen in my entire life. Uh, I've been watching football a good while, Evan. My co-host, I know you have been watching football for a good while. And what we saw today was was definitely something. Uh, we're going to try our best to break it down over the next hour or so. But welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Uh, this game felt like a fever dream. The Bucks at one point were down 24-10 to the goddamn Jets. This is a team a New York Jets team that, you know, played their best game of the season today. Uh, Zach Wilson played out of his mind. He was absolutely picking apart this Bucks defense early on in this game. And I'll tell you, what saves this performance for the Bucks and what saves this team from me absolutely ripping them to shreds is how they won this game. Because what they had to do is they had to overcome and rebound find a way to win after who was supposed to be one of their number one wide receivers uh, just decided to leave the game. So, all right, I, I, I'm done trying to make sense of all of this. Let's uh, let's really start and try and break this thing down. Evan, how are you doing? What's what's on your mind after that one? I mean, I, I, I just I really don't know, man. <laughs> I didn't even feel like a football game was played. I mean, they um, won. They won. Bucks win. Woo! Yeah, they, they 12, won. Twelve and four, baby. Yeah. You know, they finally got a, a Tom Brady drive, needing a touchdown. Got the touchdown. A big moment for Cyril Grayson. We're gonna talk about the game. We got plenty of time to talk about the game. We're going to break down the game. We are going to be spending most of our time breaking down this game. Okay. However, we have to uh, start off with. The news that Antonio Brown is no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Now he hasn't been officially released yet, but like that's gonna come. Um, as far as we know, um, he was benched by by Bruce Arians, I believe. Uh, the Bucks radio broadcast had confirmed that, and Jenna Lane also confirmed he was benched, and then proceeded to throw a tantrum or or do something. Um, and then just started taking off his jersey and just ran. Um, it was it was strange. It, it was extremely strange. Not a lot of people knew what was going on. Chris Myers, uh, the broadcast team, friend of the show, thought it was a fan. Like, and a lot of people thought it was a fan. Just you know, a, a streaker on the field. Security team almost tackles him because they thought it was a fan. Um, really, a strange occurrence. We probably we won't get the the real story. Um, we do not know why he was benched. Uh, you'll probably never get the real story and, and until, you know, and maybe in a few years or a few months, you'll get the story, but um, we won't really know. But all we do know is that Antonio Brown walked out on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he is no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So those are the two things you need to know. And um, he won't be on the team moving forward. And uh, just, yeah, weird, man. Very weird. He's a fantastic player, right? He's probably a top 10 wide receiver of all time when you're talking about pure talent. But the dude has some serious issues. And uh, we knew that when they signed him last fall, we knew that. He was fine, right? And kudos to him for, for being 
team that models this and that Bruce Arians dubbed him as last season. But then this year with the whole vaccination thing, we stood by him. The Bucks stood by him. But uh, unfortunately, you know, this is the last straw. You, you can't just walk out on your teammates like that. There's 52 other guys and an entire coaching staff that are counting on you. And um, yeah, he, he wasn't big enough, I guess, to, to, uh, to, to step up when, when they needed him. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Yeah, it is a shame. I think you said just about everything there is. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time breaking down the situation because it, it is what it is. Bruce Arian said in his post-game press conference, he confirmed three different times that Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer. He has not been officially cut, but I would not be surprised at all to see that floating around here over the next few days. I mean, when the head coach makes it official like that, it, it's pretty much official. So I'm not really sure how much, uh, you know, how much else further we have to go on this entire situation. But you know, to say I'm disappointed is a little bit of an understatement because, like you said, it it felt like he had turned a corner. Um, I know that personally I had defended Antonio Brown multiple times on this broadcast because, you know, when articles were coming out saying that he is much more of a diva than, you know, an athlete or a team player and this and that and, you know, the amount of articles that came out, the news surrounding him the way that it did, he ends up facing the suspension. It is what it is. The Bucks bring him back. Um, I think a lot of people in this organization believed in him. Tom Brady definitely believed in him, bringing him to Tampa in the first place. And uh, I, for one, believed in him because I, I was rooting for Antonio Brown this season. But, you know, the fact of the matter is he did quit on this team. He took his uniform off, left the game when they were down 14 to the New York Jets because he was told he was benched. We're never going to get the reason he was benched. Maybe we will in a diss track he releases on an upcoming album, but... You know, as far as what the Bucks needed to do to go out there and win this game, they had to well, hang, forget hang about on, it. Yeah, hang hang on real quick. Yeah, uh, Pete Pete Schrager confirms that Antonio Brown is not flying back with the Buccaneers. So because I mean, obviously they all took the same plan to go there. Um, so they confirmed. I mean, that would have been what a plane ride that would have been. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall there. Uh, but the, it's a, it's the right move uh, by by the by the Bucks. To not, you know, hey, good riddance, man. Uh, Pat McAfee just tweeted out. Sources have told me that AB actually pulled himself out of the game, went to the bench and said he wasn't going back in. Then some conversations happen and all hell breaks loose. Okay, well, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, that's Pat's source. You know, there's a source that the Buccaneers bench him. We'll never know, right? We'll never know. And like, like I, like I said, what you need to know is that Antonio Brown won't be on the team. That's that is what it is. And Two things you need to know. Antonio Brown won't be on the team, and the Buccaneers won a football game. So. They did win a football game. The Bucs are 12-4. and four. They have tied their series or uh, franchise best regular season record. They did it over 16 games. They have a chance to break the record and put 13 wins on a single season with the extra game next week against Carolina. Uh, and to kind of put a bow on the A-B topic, Bruce Arians said it best. Antonio Brown is no longer a Buck. Let's not talk about A-B. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about the guys who did go out there and win the game today. even if the game was not uh pretty at all so yeah i well I, I guess let's just start talking about this game from top to bottom so the guys that won the game i, I want to talk firstly about surreal grayson at the wide receiver position that that go ahead touchdown with less than 10 seconds to go in the game or i'm sorry 15 seconds left to go in the game just an absolute dime from Tom Brady. Surreal Grayson made a great play to wind up in the end zone. Another big day from him. He stepped up last week big time in the absence mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, Mike Evans out there. Didn't expect him to do it again this week, but he definitely did and uh, found a way to get most of his production after Antonio Brown left, of course. But huge day for Surreal Grayson. You got to feel great about the improvement he has really shown these past two weeks. One of those young guys on this offense 
who needed to step up this week. And, uh, you know, with the way this one went, better late than never, but you still love to see the way this team was able to come together and uh, come out with a W. Yeah, and, you know, the crazy part is we talk about uh, a young guy being on the offense. Um, but, uh, you know, it's he's 28 years old. Uh, this guy is not, you know, his, his story is just fantastic. Uh, I don't remember the ins and outs of it, but obviously a former track star at LSU, um, really wasn't given a ton of chances has just been on so many teams. I mean, I'm looking here, he's on a Seahawks practice squad, the Colts practice squad back to the Seahawks, uh, was on the, the Texans practice squad on the bears practice squad on the saints practice squad on the Cowboys practice squad. And now he lands in the Bucks. So really just, yeah, fantastic. Um, fantastic performance great story by him and it's all about getting your opportunity right and uh, he's making the most of his opportunity right now we'll see if he can continue it but right now he's, he's making the most of his opportunity six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown for surreal Grayson. let's talk about the leading receiver this week a guy that we had kind of hoped would you know have a comeback game and this is definitely one for him big number 87 seven receptions 115 yards does not find the end zone but that's all right. It's good to see Gronk kind of snap out of that slump he's been in the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good Gronkowski game. I thought the game plan that they had in place for the tight ends was overall good. Um, yeah, just a weird game on offense, a disappointing game on offense, even though they won, right? We still have to talk about it. You know, this Jets defense has just struggled all year long. And I, I even I came on their preview show and, and said – the Jets offense has moved the football like they really have. Their issue has been turnovers. Well, they didn't turn the ball over and they were able to move the football. We'll get to that later. But the Jets defense hasn't been able to really do anything right this entire year. They're a young group. They have some players, but a lot of those players that they have are out. Like Marcus May is, is out. Uh, Quint Williams, I believe, is out. And so, like, a lot of those guys just aren't there. And they they really struggled. I mean, for most of this game, they really struggled. And I don't know why. I can't really pinpoint it. But uh, it was good to see Gronkowski get um, you know get back on the board and uh, not with a touchdown, but get back on the board with a good performance after he's had two just some of his worst games as a buck. Really, let's talk about the quarterback before we get into some more receivers for this offense. TB twelve. Judging by the box score, you wouldn't really think that they were struggling the way that they were on offense throughout this one. I think it's because of the couple of really big passes on that final drive of the game. But uh, 34 for 50 for TB12, 410 yards, three touchdowns, and of course the costly interception that he threw as well. What did you think of Brady's day from top to bottom? I thought there were certain moments where you could tell there was some miscommunication between him and his receivers. Like early on, it still seemed like him and A.B. were working on some stuff before he inevitably left the game. Uh, and just some other guys, it seemed like there were maybe some miscommunications. Like Mike Evans, there's another one I'm thinking of where Brady absolutely launched it. I think it was honestly the interception. Um, I, I don't think Evans was really expecting the ball to come his way, but I'd probably have to watch it again. I, I mean, you know, there were some miscommunication, but overall, what did you think of Brady's day throwing the ball? Yeah, I, I thought he was okay. Uh, I thought it was it was a solid game. There were a few throws I think he could have had. Um, just uh, I, a lot of it was the offensive game plan was was strange to me. Um, they they were they were running the ball, but they weren't they weren't really they were running the ball at weird times. And um, on the interception, you know, just I, I think it's on the QB and the wide receiver. A little bit of a miscommunication there. It seemed like I think Brady kind of thought that might have been kind of like a jump ball situation. And Evans thought it was more of a streak. So um, th that's just a, a little bit of a miscommunication there. Um, but, yeah, and obviously you don't want to see that. But I thought he played okay. Um, obviously the, the end touchdown makes up for it. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's – Really, it was a good game, not a great game. Don't know if it's going to win you the MVP, but, I mean, a play like that to win the game with a touchdown will definitely help. Uh, but, yeah, I thought he played good, not great. Um, I thought the offense started off okay like, as a whole. We'll talk about it, but um, he hit a lull, and then he started to pick it back up. So um, yeah, I thought it was, it was an okay, solid game from Brady. Nothing. The, the stats will tell you that he was better than he actually was, I think. Yeah, and as far as, you know, some of the other guys on this offense goes, I wanted to highlight some other receivers today. Tyler Johnson, four catches for 50 yards, no touchdowns for him. I kind of thought he could have been better at times. 
there was definitely that one where he could have caught the ball right at the one yard line and maybe converted and gotten the first down would have been first and goal Tampa Bay and uh, he drops it and if I remember correctly the Buccaneers did not take the field goal they came out and punted uh, you know you know which drive I'm talking about right <sighs> It was literally Tyler Johnson had the ball in his hands mm-hmm. at the one yard line and could not hang on to it. But I don't remember yeah. if that was Ryan Suckup nailing the field goal the way. Yeah, he they did. Up, they, yeah, they they kicked the field goal on that one. Yeah. Okay, because that, that right. made it that made it twenty four to twenty. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, obviously a touchdown there makes it twenty four to twenty. You take the three points. Ryan Suckup, by the way, made all his kicks today. You love to see that. Something we talked about on the game preview show, but you know, I think Tyler Johnson could have been a little bit better. This was an opportunity for him to step it up and. Four catches for 50 yards is definitely serviceable, but there were just a couple of times where he really needed to uh, to tighten up. But so did this mm-hmm. entire team at times. And what's important is that they did win. Uh, next up in the receiving section, Mike Evans, big number 13, four receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. So uh, what is the Mike Evans 1K counter at now? How many more yards? 54. Does he need to go? Yeah. 54 receiving yards. So it's, think he's gonna get it um yeah, yeah. yeah he had a nice day you, you, you could tell they were playing it cautious i think they weren't doing as much with him as say sometimes do um but yeah i mean he had a nice day it was good to see him get in the end zone um let's see pat you know on the one to johnson just going back i i think uh i think johnson should have had that ball uh well are you i mean if you're talking about the one that we were just discussing the one on the goal line when they had to kick the field goal i think johnson needs to catch that ball but um yeah, I thought Mike Evans had a good day. Like I said, it was you could tell they were being cautious with him. Touchdown was nice. Like I said, good to see him get in the end zone. And hopefully next week versus a depleted Carolina secondary that he's able to able to come back and get that 54 yards. Hey, the last receiver we're going to talk about before I get your thoughts on this run game today, Le'Veon Bell made an appearance against yep. his former team. Uh, we were kind of talking about what his role would be this week, and we saw him get a little more reps at the third down back position. But – Three receptions for 30 yards for him, and there were two times I can think of where he had a pretty clutch first down. So it was good to see Le'Veon Bell get involved a little more this week. He also found some room for a couple of carries on the ground, didn't do anything memorable, but you know, the more reps, the better, especially with Ronald Jones leaving this game and uh, ending up questionable. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Willie Beeman with a 20-hour super chat. Thanks a lot, oh, Willie. Oh, thanks so much, uh, Willie. Hello, fellas, and shout out to the mates and Bucks Nation. Didn't like the play today, but a win is a win. Really hate to lose Whitehead and free agency. Bama safety Jordan Battle could be an option to, in the this draft. Happy belated birthday, Rhett. So happy late birthday to Rhett from Willie. And uh, thanks a lot for the super chat. Really appreciate it, Willie. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if they do lose Jordan Whitehead. But, um, you know, I, I think Mike Edwards, obviously, if they want to go internal, that could be a candidate to re- just replace him. But they also could look to, to draft somebody. So we'll see. Thank you again, Willie. It really is appreciated, dude. I'm, I'm glad that not only I was able to celebrate a great birthday with uh, my beautiful girlfriend, but I'm glad the Bucks didn't lose this game, man, because, <laughs> I mean, hot damn. Uh, this is <laughs> – I mean, this is just a personal take of mine, but I've noticed that every time you and I record a game preview show where we're a little bit more lax than usual. Out of it, yeah. Oh, kind of. I mean, the last time we were that confident headed into a game preview was the Washington game, and we all remember how that one turned that, that out. Have so been, that might have been because of the watch party. We were just like, uh, yeah, there's no way they're going to lose, right? I, there's I, no way. I guess, man. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, to me, this one, this, if they were to lose this game, this would have been more unacceptable than even getting shut up by the Saints uh, oh, or, yeah. the, or, or Washington, oh, yeah. you know, because the Saints are like a decent team. Like the Jets are just, they're a bad well, team. Well, and the biggest Washington, thing about Washington, this, uh, I thought about this, you know, 55 minutes of this game because it really, that's how long it felt like they could have lost this game. Um, you know, obviously the, the last minute drive by Tom Brady, thank God for him. That's vintage Brady at this point, mm-hmm. never in doubt, but. There were a lot of times where I did think they were going to lose this game. And the one thing that I kept thinking about is what I said on the game preview show this week. I said, if the Bucks find a way to lose to Jet uh, to the Jets, because that's the only way they're going to lose to the Jets, is if they find a way to lose. And uh, I guess maybe... Or, can... or if their players quit. Yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, <laughs> that that you... could be another way. If Tom Brady just says, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the run game really quickly. We did see Keyshawn Vaughn get a bigger role this week. He actually finished with more carries than Ronald Jones on the day, if I remember correctly. Actually, no, he did not. 
Uh, eight carries and 31 yards for Keyshawn Vaughn. Ten carries and 26 for Rojo. And three carries for five yards from Le'Veon Bell. With the Buccaneers playing behind like they did the entire game, you know, clearly the run game wasn't going to factor in that much. But what did you think of the increased role that we saw from uh, Keyshawn Vaughn? I thought he had a couple of good highlights today. Yeah, he, he looked okay. I There's some things, man, we just in the passing game, just sometimes now he may have gotten a little held there, but it was on the screen. I think on the second drive when the bucks kicked the field goal, um, it just, it looks like he's like so confused sometimes when running passing routes. And I don't know if it's actually confusion. And then, like I said, that one, he might've gotten held up a little bit, but he, I thought all the running backs looked fine. You'd want him to look a little bit better against a not really great rush defense, but they looked fine. Uh, Danny says, no way Brady is MVP. Did that against the jets, the jets. I don't believe he's earned the MVP. Okay, so I guess Aaron Rodgers doing it against any – I guess I can look at his performances against any bad team and um, and discount him, right? Is, is that what you're saying? Is that doesn't well, matter I, who the opponent is. I think it also just goes back to what we had mentioned before about the box score. Like, you did say that the box score might lead you to believe Brady was better than he was in this game, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is when the Bucs needed him most, he went out there and did what he and does, won the game. right? He, he yeah. led the team 93 yards in under a minute – to put them ahead four points also converted the two point conversion with levy on bell up the gut to make it 28 24 and kind of put it out of reach uh out of reach for new york same exact si- well maybe not same exact situation but with the time left on the clock you think back to that situation against indianapolis where uh isaiah rogers took a kick return 60 something yards and almost made it a game um but I, you know, luckily the Bucks defense was able to hold on. But yeah, the Bucks don't win this game without Tom Brady doing what he does best on that drive. I was freaking the hell out in my living room. Right, I'm telling them to just keep hurrying up, spike the ball. I would have spiked it. Yeah, I'm, I yelling, I'm it. yelling at my TV. But you know who looked like he had been there more than anybody else in that entire stadium was the man under center, Tom Brady. The the cool composure he was able to keep during that final drive is what helped make it so successful. And uh, real grace and stepping up the way that he did for that game winning touchdown is just the cherry on top. So like, I, I yeah, th- this Bucks team doesn't go out there and do that without TB 12 under center. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I mean, like Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns against the bears. Okay. Oh, it's the bears. So it shouldn't matter. Right. All right. So cross that one off. That doesn't count. Um, he threw three touchdowns, I believe against the Ravens who have basically their entire secondary out. So, okay. That one, and they've lost like, what five straight or whatever. Okay. So that one doesn't count. Cross that out. Um, what other ones are we crossing out here? Uh, the Vikings one, the, the, the Vikings when he threw four touchdowns, but he lost and it's the Vikings. So that doesn't count. Cross that one out. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's when you start to do this and notice how it kind of gets a little bit, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, right? You play the teams that are on your schedule. Brady can't help that. He's playing the jets. Rogers is playing the Sean Mannion led Vikings tonight. Like, you know, we can't, they, they can't help that. Like that, that's out of their control. You play who you play and that's how you play. And right there, that was an MVP moment. Is Tom Brady going to win it? I don't know. Right. I, I really don't. I think he's had to have a big game against Carolina probably, and they're going to have to win. Um, but you know, just that's an MVP moment. That, that That's basically what we're saying. I don't know if he's going to win MVP. But that's an MVP moment. Um, Pat wants to talk about the refs. Let's move on to, to the refs. Um, Missed P.I. on Gronk, delay of games, and the unsportsmanlike mm-hmm. call on Jensen. I'll tell you, the one that pissed me off the most was the unsportsmanlike call on Jensen because it occurred on the same play where there's a pretty clear no call for defensive pass interference on Rob Gronkowski, who just got absolutely tackled in the middle of running his route. And then uh, they go ahead and call unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness, whatever it was on Ryan Jensen. They show the replay, and it's two Jets defensive linemen just walking up talk. to Jensen. yeah. Talking to like him, talking. like he he literally stood there and did nothing. That's yeah, the, that's the uh, thing, though. Is like he they got to change that rule. I, I just don't. I don't understand. It, it definitely felt like the refs were uh, controlling how this one went well, for a while. The, the refs, the the refs can hear what is said. Um, so I guess something was said that they didn't feel like was appropriate. Like, okay, I understand that, but like, it's not middle school. Like, um, yeah, we're we're not we're not trying to run a an after school program here. You know, well, it's so, not like you're, you're it's not like you're in gym class and you're arguing with a dude like th- these are grown men. Like as long as it's not as long as you're not physically like engaging with somebody, I think they should be allowed to talk trash all they want. Well, and truthfully, 
with the reputation Ryan Jensen has, a couple of wordy dirds tossed at your player seems like the least amount of damage he could do after a play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I want to own Danny really fast. Um, okay, so against every every team, every playoff team that they've played, uh, by, by the way, inter- folks, for our audio listeners, if you are not engaging on the live chat, Danny dropped a take in the chat that says, tell me a perfect game that Brady has played against the top team. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady has an interception in every single playoff team they have played this season. That is not an MVP performance to me, in my yeah, opinion. Okay. And here we okay, here we go. Brady Buckle hater. up for okay. Evans rebuttal. Okay, Brady hater. Um, against the Rams, didn't throw one. Uh, against the... Um, who was it against the Patriots? Didn't throw one. Now he didn't throw a touchdown that game. Had to be had to be fair. Um, in the Saints game, I mean not the Saints, the Cowboys game, the first the first week. I mean, come on, dude. Are, are you you seriously gonna pin those on Tom Brady? Like, you know, stop stop looking at the scoreboard and actually watch the football games, okay? Before you come in here and start saying some stuff. Um, so I mean, it's clearly those two. One was a hail mary, and the other one is right near Leonard, right in Leonard Fournette's hands. That just goes into like, come on, man, give me a break, okay? Danny, Danny, um, we're glad you're here, man. I, I just, <laughs> I just versus, versus 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 the Bills. Tom Brady, no interceptions. Like it, it you're wrong. Like you are, All you're right. wrong. All right, well. Enough about Tom Brady and the way he's played this season. The case is still open for MVP. He is still the front runner, and uh, I think his final performance of the regular season against Carolina is going to have a lot to say on how that voting goes for him. But let's talk about the other side of the football for Tampa Bay uh, today. The defense that gave up 24 points to the New York Jets. Um, Well, the start, I guess we'll talk about the start of the game for the defense because this is... You know, this is where they were just, they were caught sleeping. It, it felt like that first drive, the Jets took the ball, marched right down the field, and they scored. And they scored primarily by running the ball. Uh, discipline was just bad early. Two penalties for the Bucks on that first drive. It, it, bad discipline, right? The opening play of the game, and Dominicasu jumps off sides. It's a free play. Later on in the red zone, Joe Tryon, Shoyinka jumps off sides. It's a free play, sets him up with a first down and goal. Like, we handed that to them. Right. And it just felt like there were times where even though the defense was able to hold them a few times, it just never felt like they were able to do enough. It, it, it took them a little over an entire half to get some pressure on the quarterback, it felt like. And and by then, you know, you're already down 14 points. It just it, it wasn't the performance it should have been. I, I know we did credit the New York Jets offense a little bit beforehand, but. You know, I also expected Zach Wilson to go out there today and make some mistakes. I, I thought without Shaq Barrett and JPP, Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, and Anthony Nelson would be able to get the job done on the edge, and that was not the case today because the pressure wasn't there, and Zach Wilson probably threw the ball, uh, hell, the best he's thrown the ball in his entire NFL career. Yeah, r- r- real quick. Um, yeah, Danny, appreciate you listening. You say Aaron Rodgers has been better, agree, disagree. I'm not saying Rodgers hasn't been better. I'm just – saying that I still think M- you know Brady has had an MVP caliber season. Two guys can have MVP caliber seasons. Only one, only, can, only one can win. Like, it's, it's true. I'm not saying Rodgers hasn't had an MVP caliber season. Anyways, back to, yeah, on the defense, um, I, a lot of it was the Jets. I'm You got to give credit to the opponent sometimes, right? Like, you really do, I think. Um, I thought their game plan was great. thought they executed flawlessly. Now. With that being said, this Jets offensive line has struggled the entire season and nothing. Where was Vita Vea? Where was Nadamakan Sue? Where was Will Golston? You know, seven sacks last year, I mean, last last week, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean a thing, right? Like, I, I don't care about that. We're, we're moving on, right? Uh, Anthony Nelson had a nice sack, big sack on third down, uh, forced the Jets to punt. But, um, you know, Joe Tryon Showinka, he's been disappointing. Uh, it's you know, sorry, kid. I mean, yeah, you're a you're a young player, but you're 16 games in now, pal. Like it, it's when you're you're he was invisible. I mean, the only time I really heard his number was when he get he was getting called off sides. Um, he needs to be better, especially if JVP is not going to go. Which I think you know, you'll probably see JVP and Shaq Barrett both in the playoffs. I think at this rate, I don't think you're going to see Jason Pierre Paul back in the regular season. So he needs to be better. Like Joe Tryon Shoinka needs to be better. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Like I said, if Pierre Paul can come back, but 
that was the most disappointing thing to me. Just the, the pass rush and specifically, you know, the interior just not generating anything. And I think that was the big reason why they, why they, the Jets had success. I mean, Zach Wilson countless times sat back there and was able to find open targets. Um, now, I, the secondary, there's a lot of confusion, right? It, <laughs> you think you have your two starting corners. You don't have your two starting corners. Then you might, then you don't, then you do. It's it was a mess. So, so the secondary was a lot of confusion. But so get uh, this. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, really quick. The ballad of Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean this week. So these they're going to write a book on, on their data. Holy hell. So essentially <laughs> what happened is uh, they were cleared off of the COVID list pretty late in the week and they were cleared to travel with the team. So it was, the Bucks, it was, it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the Bucks had already traveled up to New York. So SMB and Jamel Dean are going to catch a flight in the morning, get up there early before the game. All right, let's go. Well, they show up to the airport and come to find out the pilot that was supposed to fly them up there has his own COVID issues. So they go and they find another pilot to back him up. They go finally take off, get up in the air. There is some inclement weather that they have to deal with. So they have to adjust their route to take a longer route to New York. And they come to find out they initially were dropped off in Canada. Bruce Arians confirmed today in his postgame presser that the flight that was supposed to go to New York initially went to Canada and they had to circle back, finally land in New York. And those guys got there like, damn, it had to have been an hour and a half, two hours before kickoff. And a lot of people were probably confused watching their TV and seeing them in full pads on the sidelines, but not getting any action. And I'm assuming that's just because they needed time to warm up because, I mean, holy hell, what a whirlwind experience just getting these guys to the game, right? Yeah, this um, crazy. Yeah, their their day. And now they get back on a flight with the team. It's just, it's it's, it's insane. They, they, They go, they're in New York for basically two hours. Um, play a football game, go back on the flight. Uh, yeah, just an insane day. But, yeah, the secondary obviously had some confusion. Uh, but, yeah, just a disappointing day for this defensive line. Uh, a really, really disappointing day. And uh, I'm not sure what it was. You know, And also, the run defense. The run defense was uh, not – Tackling. Not up to the standard. Well, tackling, I, I thought I thought this might have been their worst tackling game of the yeah, entire season. Tackling was awful. That was my biggest complaint today, and that's the reason it felt like this Jets run game was able to get going so early because tackling was just piss poor from top to bottom. Yeah, I I thought that. Yeah, this was a uh, awful um, tackling game, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's obviously tough sledding, right? Without Jack Barrett, like I get it, but. Shaq Barrett literally, you know, like he's not the entire run defense. Like he, he isn't like, I'm actually, you know, the biggest guy is Vita Vea. And, um, you know, what did I, I said to you a few weeks ago, if you're going to run against the Bucks, you have to do it to the outside and just hope that the Bucks, you know, can't get there in time that their linebackers or their corners just can't cover those holes. And a lot of times the Bucks couldn't, uh, they had trouble containing Michael Carter who left a concussion. Uh, they had trouble contain, containing him. They had trouble containing Braxton Berrios, uh, no matter really who it was. Um, th- they had trouble containing him, and I think that was a disappointing thing as well. Uh, this Jets run run offense was you know solid coming into this game. It was the best part of their offense. However, still it doesn't like you're you're a top five run defense in the league. You were number one last year, number one the year before that. Like you gotta be, you gotta be stout against the run, and uh, the the Jets really took it right to you and you just let it happen. So that might've been a, a pretty big disappointment for me. I think we do got to give some credit to the, the Jets offense this week. I think the biggest reason they were able to be as uh, effective as they were against this Bucks defense was, you know, the RPOs, the amount of options that they gave Zach Wilson, they didn't put a whole lot of responsibility on his shoulders, but when they did, their offensive line was blocking all day for him. He had all mm-hmm. day to evade the pressure run away just look for guys there were a couple of throws today that he made that were absolutely ridiculous right and it was just it was a i the the one i forget i don't know if the jet scored but it was the one screen pass it was just perfect and i, he, I think like, they, he kind of had I think to throw they made, a rainbow it was, ball right yeah, yeah yeah it was when they it was when they made it 24 to 10 uh i was like wow i, I just said to myself i was like they're just executing just perfectly and i don't care who it is and they say any given sunday for a reason man like they really do um i I, we mentioned on the game preview show the jets have beaten the titans and the Bengals. like the the jets have done this 
By the way, right? the, the Bengals who just beat the Chiefs beat and, the Chiefs. and won the so, AFC North. Yeah, you know, and the Titans were the one seed right now. The Bang the Jets beat both those teams. Like it's any given Sunday, and it's just it's good to get the win, even though definitely shouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh, Emily says, "Say what you want." But the truth is, we are not winning a playoff game if we continue to play the way we were playing. Why do players need shifts anyways? Apparently, they're more expensive than expected. That's true. I, you know, if somebody wants to, to send me a personal chef, I'll make sure they're paid. Um, as long as it's like, you know, in my budget. So, like, cook me McDonald's, basically. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, here's the thing. Evan, Evan's, a, Evan's a chicken and potatoes guy. And by, like, literally chicken and potatoes, I mean, meat you don't even, you yeah, don't like even got to grill the chicken and or the potatoes. You deep well, fry you, them. you might have to cook. Yeah, okay, deep fry, oh, sure. Okay. James with the James James with the 199 super chat. Like to try out a wide receiver for the Bucks, please. No, unfortunately, you cannot. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the money, though. <laughs> we, 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 we appreciate hey, it. Thank you, James, so much for donating to the Wendy's Fund. We truly appreciate your support, my friend. Glad to have you in here today. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, Emily, the, the tough thing about the defense is I, I think since I want to discuss the defense since we're on this, the defense is going to be better in the playoffs because like they're expected to have Shaq Barrett and Jason Beer Paul and Levante David. Like they're expected to have those guys back and those guys are important and critical of this defense. So I do think the defense is better today if they are completely healthy. Like I do now for the offense, you can't really use the, Oh, wait until they get a full strength thing. Chris Godwin's not walking through that door. He's not coming back. There is no Antonio Brown that's going to be signed. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, everybody's saying, like, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, the only person that's going to be coming back is Leonard Fournette. Like, that's it. Like, and Fournette's a good player, but is he, is, does he change this offense? No. Like, the thing, the way they're going to get to the Super Bowl is by playing complimentary football, their defense getting healthier, and Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jason Barrett-Paul, those three making a difference. Like, that's how they are going to – to, to win a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying they're going to, right? But, oh, and also, yeah, Pat, you bring up a good point with Gio Bernard, uh, even though Le'Veon Bell stepped in fine. Uh, he can actually, Gio Bernard can actually come off IR this coming week. So we'll, we'll see if, if they're able to, what they're going to do. Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, it's, it's all going to come down to the defense, I think. Uh, I trust Tom Brady. That's full trust in Tom Brady. But I think the days of just the Bucks offense dominating uh, teams are, are going to be done for now uh, until next season. I think it's going to be, you know, you did hope that the offense can play turnover-free football and the defense can really turn it on. When we talk about complimentary football in this Bucks team, I think a textbook example. The, has the to be Jets Japan. with well, the, the Jets today. Yeah, well, the Jets. <laughs> the today, Jets were playing some complimentary yeah, football. Well, they definitely were. I mean, the you, you know the one interception on the day for Tom Brady was the most crucial play the entire day. It felt like for this Jets defense. But when we talk about complimentary football for the Bucks, I think a textbook example has to be the game they played against Carolina. You know, thirty-two to six is a, is a big deal, but it like. When I look back at that game, I don't necessarily think about an offensive explosion, right? Like, I think mostly about how the defense was able to not only hold them to just six points, but create turnovers on the day, get after the quarterback. Like, seven sacks is a season high, so you're not going to recreate that every single week, but, like, just some pressure. Like, get half mm -hmm. of that. You know what I mean? Zach Wilson is the type of guy where if the Bucks had finished with three or four sacks today – I I probably have a gut feeling that he throws a pick because that's just, you know, that's how you force guys to make mistakes. But that is complimentary football 101 when we talk about what it means to this Bucks team. I wanted to get your opinion on the coaches really quickly as we kind of start to wrap up this week's episode. From the beginning of this game, this was my biggest takeaway. Uh, we talked a lot about how every single team the Bucks are going to play this year are going to be playing their best football. Like, this is their Super Bowl, right? This was the Jets' Super Bowl for the season and they damn sure played like it, but this game... At the end of the day, hang on, we, we realize the Jets are the Jets, right? The, the Jets like... are the Jets. That, well, that's the crazy <laughs> part, because the Jets are the Jets, right? And the Bucks are the Bucks. They're the, the undisputed, the defending, the, the reigning world. It's all about the Bucks, baby. Go Bucks. Gotta love the Bucks. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, when these two teams came into this game, I could tell after that first half of football that this game meant two different things to two different football teams. It might have sounded corny, but they brought it up on the TV broadcast. The Jets were told by their head coach this week, 
to play this like a playoff game. It's a playoff atmosphere, set the tone early, and that's exactly what they went out there and did. Like, it, from the beginning of this game, it seemed like they wanted it more, and it took the Buccaneers a game-winning drive with the final minute left on the clock to get it the to get the job done, but... Like, the Jets controlled this game because they played clean, disciplined football while the Bucs did not. You know, the Bucs defense did not look prepared. And for a while, it felt like this offense couldn't make anything happen in critical moments. And when you're not playing the goddamn Jets, you're going to lose nine times mm-hmm. out of ten. And and that's that's my biggest takeaway from this game. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts because our buddy Tony Baloney is in here. He is the number one Bruce Arians hater in the chat. Bruce Arians got a chance Might to coach be in the this world. game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tony Tony Baloney does not like our coaching staff. But what were your thoughts on uh, on you know how prepared they had these players today? What kind of adjustments they made in the game? Their offensive and defensive game plan. Like overall, what would you grade the Buccaneers coaching staff for Week 17 versus the Jets? Ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Just I will say the defense played better in the second half than it did in the first. Um, so the, the adjustments they made there now partially was the Jets stupidity. Um, why you try a QB sneak on fourth and two. I don't know. That would have ended the game right there. The Bucks didn't have any timeouts. Um, so I don't know why you're trying that, but um, I don't know. Probably a, a C, a C for the defense and a D plus for the offense. I just, I was disappointed in the offense. They they shouldn't have had as much trouble as they did. I understand there was more distractions in this game later on, but they really should not have had as much trouble as they did moving the ball against this Jets defense. And it, it scoring 28 points is fine, but like, you know, it's, it's the Jets. Like you got to, it's the Jets and you're Tom Brady and you're supposed to have this firepower offense. It, it's um, you got to find ways. And I, I don't think the Bucks. I thought the game plan last week was fantastic, right? Of finding ways to get the ball in the guy's hands. Antonio Brown finding ways to get the ball in his hands. Surreal Grayson, you know, finding ways to get the ball in these guys' hands. It felt like that was gone now. It felt like it was again, you know, oh, since Mike Evans is back, let's throw it up and see if he can make a one-on-one play. Sometimes he did, right? And I don't mind that as much as others do. The the thing, oh, you're third and two, let's throw it, you know, 90 yards. Like well, there were, I, I, you know, I don't get that, but there were a couple um, of times this game where like Brady felt like taking a shot down the sideline. He was looking for mm-hmm. Gronk once, he was looking for most Mike of the Evans time it's one-on-one. Time. Like yeah, it's, that, it, that's it, when it, you're gonna take a shot. Yep, like, yep. And you know. I will tell you that the times he did take a shot shot this week the only time I was really upset with it was there was a third and six where he took like a sideline shot I think it was to surreal grace and pass falls incomplete he overthrows him by like five yards Um, like I was pissed on that but it didn't feel as detrimental this week when he was taking those shots like it it wasn't a third and one and he looks 40 yards downfield for Rob Gronkowski or something Mm -hmm. um yeah and you know it's um Shout out Surreal Grayson again because one of the plays that won't be talked about enough is the Bucks had a third and twenty after Ali, Mar- I believe Ali Marpet, I think, got a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or something yeah, like, like what that. The, I'm telling you, dude, it um, felt like they were making up some of those calls out there today. Ali Marpet getting an unnecessary roughness, or or what was he playing ukulele too loud? Maybe. Um, yeah, but I, I believe that the Bucks end up scoring on that one. They end up scoring a touchdown. So that, that's a, that's a big time play. That, that, that is a big time play there by surreal grace and big time throw by Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I thought the game plan just wasn't it. I just, I thought they made it way harder on themselves than it needed to be. And it, it was just, it was weird to me. So I'm not too impressed with the offensive coaching staff. Uh, believe it or not, Tony, we we can criticize the offensive coaching staff when it's not great, as we do still. Um, I th- like I said, I thought the defense adjusted okay in the second half. They made some plays uh, to get the ball back to the offense, and you know, as, as the offense was starting to get into a rhythm. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I'd probably give it a, the C as the, the entire coaching staff. Um, Pat brings it up again. I wanted to end the show. With a little bit of a seeding update because obviously if the Bucks would have lost this game, really it wouldn't have mattered. They almost would have been locked into the four seed pretty much if they would have lost. Um, unfortunately, the Rams uh, did beat the Ravens. The Ravens could not hold on 
it's a shame Lamar. Ja- I think if Lamar Jackson plays, I think the Ravens actually beat him because, man, Matt Stafford did not play well in that game, and yeah. they just they just survived. Um, so if you know, okay, Bruce Arians is not terrible. Okay, let's re- real quick. This is if he's so if he's so bad, they don't win anything last year. Like I, I'm sorry, like I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but if he's so bad. If he's as bad as Bucks fans swear he is, and his offensive staff and his defensive staff are just clueless, they don't win a thing last year. I, I guarantee you, they don't win anything. Um, so as far as seeding, the Rams won. So unfortunately, the Bucks another week where you can't get to the two seed. Right, right now the Cardinals versus Cowboys is happening live. The Cardinals are up three nothing with nine oh one left in the second quarter. The Cardinals are driving, though. They're in, uh, in Dallas territory. So uh, if the Cardinals were to win that game and Dallas were to lose, let's say the Bucs win next week, the Bucs would be the three seed instead of the four seed. So a potential chance for the Bucs to move up, but can't get to that two seed until L.A. loses. And right now uh, they just beat Baltimore and they got San Francisco coming up next. So the Bucs, for now, will stay in the same spot as of this moment. Um as of this moment, it will stay in the same spot at the four spot unless Dallas loses, which the Bucks could could move up a little bit. But yeah, that's that that's your uh, your seeding your seeding matchup. And then obviously Green Bay, they still have a chance at the one seed. Obviously the Bucks do, but Green Bay all all Green Bay has to do is win tonight, and that's that's wrapped up. So as we wrap things up, I got one more question for you. I just wanted to see if you had anything for the take bag after this game. A lot of major takeaways oh. and a lot of major storylines you're going to be hearing throughout the rest of the week um, that really don't have a whole lot to do with the Buccaneers winning this game. But aside from that, do you have some major takeaways from this one to carry into the week ahead? Uh, not really. Um, like I said, I just I, I thought I thought Brady played okay. Uh, I don't really have many takes to be honest with you. It's, it was a crazy game and we discussed it so much and big time props to surreal Grayson still feels like to me, Tyler Johnson's going to have to step up. He had an okay day today. Uh, he got a few targets. He wasn't bad, but it feels like he's going to step up a little bit more. He had four receptions for 50 yards, especially with Antonio Brown. Now he's going to have to step up a little bit more. You can't expect surreal Grayson to get six catches, 81 yards and a touchdown every game. Like that's, you know, Tyler Johnson, you were, you were a draft pick and you know, step up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, I thought played well. Um, and real quick, I'm going to talk about the decision to, to go for, um, to go for two uh, late really right after, after the touchdown. So I actually like this. I, I discussed this earlier with my dad when talking about the, I believe might've been the, the Ravens um, might've been the Ravens Rams game where there was a, a scenario where you, you score a touchdown. Do you go for two and continue to be up by two where you can lose by a field goal, but the other team, if you do get it, the other team can't tie with a field goal and the Bucks, you know, lo and behold, they end up freaking doing it. So, um, well, it's funny that the Ravens of all teams too. the Ravens, I'm pretty sure they lost two weeks in a row for going two, for two, two out of three weeks, yeah, two, two, two out times of three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Uh, they lost because they decided to just go for two at the end of the game, try and win it when it's right there. You trust your offense and, uh, you know, it's a pretty costly decision, but yeah, I, I like the decision the Bucks made too. You know, the offense is feeling great. You got to be as confident as ever after a play like that. Like literally your biggest offensive play of the game is the surreal grace and touchdown. So to follow that up, Le'Veon Bell up the gut gets the job done. I, I definitely like it. It's a no risk it, no biscuit kind of move. I, I know not a lot of people like that phrase, but um, I, I think that's what that, that coaching staff showed when they decided to go for two right there. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Like I said, I brought it up. It was so funny. I literally brought it up probably 10, 15 minutes earlier when talking about the Rams and Ravens game. I brought it up to my dad, and uh, lo and behold, the Bucks ended up doing the exact same thing. I was like, oh, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to go for two. Um, they, they, they went for two to burn time. Uh, the clock does not run on a two-point conversion, so that, 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 wasn't, the, that wasn't the case. Um, it's just like, just like an, an extra point. The clock doesn't run on an extra point. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. And Cameron breaking teams to be a red zone monster. It, it just, uh, you know, literally, I mean, that, another, another touchdown today, um, a clutch touchdown on fourth down. Right. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good day by, by some guys, just, uh, an underwhelming win, but a thrilling win. 
which, like you said, unfortunately, this week, nobody's going to be talking about that. Everybody's going to be talking about the other thing. And my last take is I hope this team can stay focused and just take care of business against Carolina, right? I know you're in the playoffs. I know you're 12 and four, but you still got some seeding stuff at stake, right? Just take care of Carolina. Don't, don't mess around. I understand the distractions that this week may bring. Like I get it, but uh, yeah, try your best to, to stay focused and, and beat a, a football team who you handled pretty easily last week and um, is really, really struggling. Ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, that's just about. Also, do it. hang on. Okay, yeah, all right. Really, well, speaking along. of Carolina, speaking of Carolina, well, let's talk how, about how Panthers. bad how bad is the Panthers' offense that if the Jets' offense could do that to the Bucks' defense, <laughs> it was the same defense. How how bad is the Panthers' offense then? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess understand. we're gonna I guess we're gonna find out a week from today. Yeah, hopefully, we might find out. Hopefully, yeah, we'll right. be having a conversation seven days from now. Probably They're about up, this exact the, the time. The Panthers, the Panthers are up ten to six against New Orleans right now. So. Oh, all right. Well, should be an interesting one. The Buccaneers, of course, NFC South division champions. So this game isn't going to affect anything, but it'll be interesting to watch to see uh, maybe what Carolina tries to bring into the fold on offense next week after, like you said, only putting up six points against this Bucks defense the last time these two teams played just a week ago. But ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. Subscribe over here on YouTube if you have not already. It truly is the best way to experience the show and uh, daily uploads coming at you guys this week. So we should have a lot of great news coming up for you. <laughs> so go check it out. YouTube.com forward slash Cannon Fire podcast. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I will follow you back. R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. Uh, Instagram and Twitter once again. But that's it, man. Thank you guys once again for tuning in this week. We truly do appreciate every single person who chose to listen to this show. Our moderators, Willie, Be uh, Willie Beam and Adam Davies holding it down. Edwin Hernandez, TC, Dante, Dante Holmes, Brian Shaw, Pat McGroin, Venice Beach Sports Network, B-Master, and of course, we cannot forget our good friend Danny. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. We'll talk to you later on this week with some more Buccaneers news, so stay tuned, and we'll talk to you then. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.